gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. The superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the hall of justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice Podcast. Welcome to the Hall of Justice. My name is Seth Everett. This is episode 216. If you get these podcasts and you're a subscriber, this podcast is a day late, but certainly not a dollar short. And I have to believe that in the 216 episodes, I have made that claim before. Nonetheless, uh, there was a reason for it, and it was something that wasn't originally a plan. We had a different plan for the for this week, and then I got a call from Warner Brothers and they offered up an interview with Batwoman herself, Javicia Leslie. Javicia Leslie plays Ryan Wilder. Now, you're asking, and I'm asking, who the heck is Ryan Wilder? And on this podcast, I have been very critical. I have questioned why. Why did they make a season two once Ruby Rose left? Why is it that Kate Kane couldn't be recast? And why are you bringing in someone new? And how are you going to make this not the Dukes of Hazard? How are you not going to make it when Bo and Luke disappear and Coy and Vance came in and nobody understood why? Um, this is an interesting one. And I, I want to give this a fair shot. I have not seen it yet. So when we're recording this, season two is getting ready to start. Uh, we're looking forward to it. And that was the condition in which we did this interview is we were going to talk to her before the show came out. So as not to spoil anything. Uh, Javisi has been on shows like God friended me and the family business. Uh, she was in the comedy, always a bridesmaid, black excellence and howl. Uh, she's from, well, she was born in Germany, but she was raised in Prince George's County in Maryland. Uh, and I think that's pretty neat. I do a Twitch show, and a good friend of mine, Atan Thomas, uh, who is a former NBA player, uh, is from Prince George's County. And there's a documentary called It's in the Water. And it's all about how everybody from, from Prince George's County is great at basketball. Uh, so maybe we'll see if, if basketball can become part of the conversation. Batwoman Season 2 is coming to the CW. Uh, she plays Ryan Wilder. And we welcome Javicia Leslie to the Hall of Justice. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So who is Ryan Wilder? That's, that's your character. Tell us about her. She was very opposite of Gotham to me. She was, she was like, I felt like if I were living in Gotham and we were past the glitz and glam of what we see a lot of times when we're introduced in, to Gotham in movies and TV shows, we'd find her there. 
Like she's not, she's not the person that we see highlighted in a lot of these films and television shows. And so it's like, we're finally seeing a different perspective of Gotham. You know, Gotham is a, is a, even though it's a city, it's a world. And I think it has a lot of different perspectives. And with Ryan, when I first read the character, I felt like this was a very unique and original perspective that we haven't seen with Gotham yet. Looking forward to seeing. Um, what about stunts? You know, that was one of the big things about last season. Uh, the stunts got pretty serious. Uh, do you do your own stunts? I understand you have a martial arts background. Tell me about the stunts in Batwoman. Definitely. Um, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a pro martial artist. And, um, um, you know, yeah. But I feel like it allows me to speak the language with our stunt coordinators when it's time to choreograph our fights because it's not foreign to me whatsoever. It's something that I'm very passionate about. Um, and so we are able to kind of create moves that I can at least understand. And then we just build from the things that I do know and I start to learn more things and we're able to like do more in a shot. Like Caroline was saying earlier, a lot of times if you're, if you're, actress doesn't have any type of training in martial arts you have to like shoot a hit and then cut and then mm -hmm. re-angle the camera to shoot another hit and then cut but because i do have some type of experience we're able to shoot a little bit more seamless especially when the camera's facing me a lot of reaction when ruby rose left the show was maybe the story had closed how did you find did you find any extra pressure in that this is not just a brand new show, it's a brand new character on an existing show. No, I didn't find any pressure because it was a brand new character. So I felt like I could come in there without the pressure. I didn't have to try to uh, fill the shoes of my predecessor, especially because it wasn't like I was like it was a character being recast. It was a completely new original character. So my only job was to really create the world of Ryan to make sure that that was authentic and grounded. And with that, I felt confident in going to the season, knowing that we were coming from something that was like very authentic and very original. One of the more interesting things when you were announced, it wasn't even that you were announced, it was that Ryan Wilder was announced. She was described immediately as a lesbian. I've never seen a superhero named in sexuality about something like that. And I, I have no preference. I have no bias at whatsoever. Is that something that is very important to her character? You know, before I even talk about that being important to her character, I think that the fact that that's how Ryan is introduced it, it's very similar to how I was introduced as the first black fat woman. Um, I'm not a fan of titles, but I understand that we live in a world that titles exist, um, but it really does show the underrepresentation that we have in the entertainment community. We wouldn't have to say what people are if they were fully represented the way they need, the, the way they should be. You know, GLAAD released a, um, um, an article today saying that we went from 10.2% of representation when it comes to the LGBTQ community down to 9% or somewhere in those numbers. And it's just like, we're, we're reducing our representation, but it doesn't change the it doesn't change the population of who is a part of that community. Um, so that's why it's necessary to say it. That's why it's necessary to find some kind of way that finally people of that community can identify with with superheroes with characters. Um, but as far as Ryan goes, it's actually the opposite. Going into the season, I'm not sure if you've seen the first two episodes, but going into the season that is not necessarily something that is um overindulged 
you know, it's, it kind of comes across as it would if it were, if it were a quote unquote straight character, meaning you wouldn't, it's not talked about, it's just, it exists, which is reality. Um, so I, I think that I really, really enjoy that about this season. Cause I know last season they, when Caroline and I talked, it was important for her to have um, Kate's coming out story because this was something that she connected to herself. And I'm sure a lot of, um, especially younger people of the LGBT community can relate to that, that journey. But with Ryan, we're, we're kind of past that. We, we meet her, you know, when she's like 25 and she's lived a life in foster care. So there's no one she had to come out to because in her mind, there was no one that really loved her. So you don't really go through that journey with her. You just kind of watch her exist. I appreciate the, uh, the answer. Um, one of the things about uh, Batwoman and Batman, to be honest with you, is you know, Bruce needs the suit. That's one of the common themes. Like, he needs to be Batman. In the animated show, he was Batman, and Bruce was the facade, even though the costume was the other way around. What about Ryan Wilder needing the suit? Um, you know, I think that's interesting because that is what I actually felt was more connected with Ryan than her predecessor, was that you watch her go through the journey of, of, of needing the suit um, because she felt so powerless. Um, and I think that that is so current with everything that we have going on in society right now, you know, feeling powerless. And all of us are trying to find our superhero suits to figure out how to make a difference, to figure out how to change, whether it's deciding to go into, you know, po you know policy, like political and government, or whether it's just like choosing to be a teacher or choosing to be some type of hero in your community. We're all trying to find a way to find that superhero suit. And so Ryan really does go on that journey of, of like, I'm tired of this. Like, I'm tired of feeling like we don't have anyone to protect us. And then the people that are supposed to protect us are the ones that are treating us the worst, right? It sounds very familiar. <laughs> um, very. So moving into the inner, the, the the moving into her being a black woman, her being um, a lesbian, all of it, yeah, the, you know that that kind of goes back to what I said earlier about titles. Like I don't look at titles like that, but I understand the understand I understand the representation of those titles. So to be able to play in that world, not only in my real life but also on screen, I think that that's super powerful, super important. Um, you know, a lot of times we, we we realize like these characters aren't for everybody, but they're going to be for someone, and that's what's really important. It's like instead of us always trying to maybe please the masses, which what is really the masses what i love so much about this show it's it's very specific and i think that that's something that that it should be commended for for being very specific and for being brave enough to be very specific we'll be back with more of the hall of justice but first i have to tell you about another podcast i do and yeah we talk about it from time to time but anybody who knows my career knows it's a sports broadcasting career Yes, I love the Hall of Justice so much. I also started a podcast that is called Sports with Friends. It's a play on words because my mother always played words with friends. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat to see if I have as many friends in the industry that could come on a show and be open and honest and have a friendly chat? So I started the podcast and said every guest is a friend. But then I found out that some of my friends are in PR. And they book guests for the show. They've asked me to put people I'm just meeting. So now every guest is a friend. 
or a friend of a friend, we play Jewish Geography. Some of the past guests on this show can be really close friends like Dave Softy Mahler or Andrew Siciliano, and some of them are big icons that are also friends. Ken Griffey Jr. thinks he made my career. Martin Brodeur, the best goalie in the history of the NHL. And we also tackle big topics. We'll find out about cord cutting for a sports fan or the life and death of Kobe Bryant. And then there was Nancy Lieberman's appearance. What a story she had to tell. And then there's Eli Manning, who's been on the podcast five times and counting. All I know is if you listen to Sports with Friends, you'll hear some great guests, you'll hear so many stories, and you'll feel like you know not only them, but me. Check out Sports with Friends wherever you can get your podcasts. If you're listening to this one, I guarantee you, you'll find Sports with Friends right there. There is so much scrutiny on this show, and it's because it has Bat in the title. Uh, it's wild to see. I mean, it is more scrutinized than The Flash, or Arrow, or even Supergirl. It, something about Batwoman. Uh, what do you hope fans take away from your take, your character, Ryan Wilder, as the new Batwoman? Oh, you know what I love so much about Ryan? Um, I feel like when I watch superhero shows, they're so opposite of me as a human being. And I'm really watching something that's very much like a fantasy. Um, and that's cool because we're able to lose ourselves in it. But what I love about Ryan is she's like us. And then she enters that fantasy. So now you can have like, you can have like, there's a stake in it for you. There's something that you can invest in because you understand it, you relate to it, you connect to it. Um, she's not some rich, wealthy, you know, um, um, uh, uh, socialite she is literally like all of us and she's now entering this world of fantasy and it kind of like it brings my chat like to me and I feel like a lot of people will feel this when they watch it it brings that childhood likeness to it you know you can really imagine yourself in that world through Ryan's journey and one big difference between this season and last season you know Kate Kane had a relationship with Bruce Wayne she she talked to Bruce Wayne. She would write in like in a journal. They, there was narration around it. And Ryan Wilder doesn't even know who Bruce Wayne is and vice versa. Um, tell me, what, what about the idea that that's a very different dynamic between Batwoman and Batman? They definitely will have um, their own dynamic, but it, it gets it slightly kind of gets. <laughs> have you seen the first episode? No, 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 no. Okay. No, not at all. Um, it's, it, it gets addressed right away. Um, so I, you know, I can't, I, I can't say too much, but she will definitely have her relationship with Bruce Wayne. Um, and I don't know about further into the season because I've only, I only read an episode ahead of what I'm shooting. So that way I'm not too influenced by, you know, later episodes. Uh, so we'll see. Another thing I saw that in the, at least in the promos, uh, last year they had a, a bat cycle Batwoman rode a motorcycle. You have your very own Batmobile. Is that the Batmobile? What is that? It's super fun. I think because I don't have anything to compare it to because it's the only, you know, mode of transportation I've used since being on the show other than the van that I live in. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's super dope. You know, those cars are so powerful just in, in essence. Like before you even 
drive, just you feel the energy of it. And the way that our, our team has really like, you know, designed it, 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 every part of it feels epic. You know, you, the screens and how you're able to like press this button and then a missile comes out or, or you press this button and you go faster or some other type of layer covers a car. Like that's what I watched when I was growing up, when I watched Batman, you know, I've, I've, I, that, that car has, it goes from a car to a motorcycle. Like that's what I saw when I was growing up. So to be able to be a part of that at all is super fun and epic. And it's super cool that, you know, young kids are going to see this Batwoman in the Batmobile because I know we didn't get to play with it the first season. You know, throughout the time of this podcast, we've talked about strong women, superhero women, you know, Supergirl, Jessica Jones, Wonder Woman recently. There's so many of them, and you play an iconic character, Batwoman, and I don't make any light of this. The fact that young girls can watch this really seems to be something unique and special. Um, I feel it's it feels very surreal. I think Sunday my answer might change because I, I you know I don't know yet. You ha I haven't experienced it yet you know we've shot a lot but i haven't had the experience of being able to see or feel um the reactions of young kids watching the show yet so i'm super super excited for that i'm super excited to see little kids and big afros representing batwoman um i wish that i had a superhero to watch on television every week that i could feel myself being represented through and i just pray that this opens doors for more characters to be you know represented in in our superhero communities did i read somewhere that you didn't have superheroes growing up or or what was that do you have like like a favorite superhero either yesterday or you know today no, I, I, I had superheroes that I watched in movies, just not on TV. We didn't have that adapt right, yeah. adaptation. But, it, you know, my mom, honestly, my mom is my superhero. She raised my brother and I by herself. She's, you know, a retired Army. And then even after she retired from the Army, she contracted for the Army, went to Afghanistan twice, just to make sure that we could, she could help take care of us. So I, if, if that isn't a superhero, I don't know what a superhero is. Back with more of the Hall of Justice in just a moment, but first, a message from our friends at Warner Brothers. Supergirl, the complete fifth season, is out on Blu-ray and DVD. This is the complete season five, and this includes the crisis on infinite Earths. Supergirl faces threats both new and ancient, and Andrea Rojas becomes a new villain. Jean Jones has a big subplot in this, and there's the return of Lex Luthor. We've been talking about Supergirl since its inception. We absolutely love Melissa Benoist in this series. The Blu-ray features a bonus disc, all five episodes of The Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's from Supergirl, Batwoman, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Season six is going to be the last year, and they're going to expand it, and they're going to go out with a bang. Season five gets you all set up for that. And we don't know when season six is coming, Season 5 is the last touch we've had with Supergirl, and this series needs to continue the momentum. Supergirl, the complete fifth season, wherever you can find Blu-ray, DVD, and digital downloads. That's really sweet. I wasn't, I wasn't going there, but very sweet. That's a really good answer. Thank you. 
Now, I've read a lot about you and, you know, a lot of what I have seen, you are very proud uh, to, to be black and you're very proud of being active and, and, and you want to make sure you press on, you know, with what you believe in. Um, that is something that, you know, while we have tackled this on, on this podcast, it's something that is very, very uh, unique uh, unto yourself. Is that a responsibility that you have consciously taken onto yourself? I think the biggest thing that I want to be taken is this. It's like when I was growing up and I was learning history and we all know about how black history is taught in school. Mm -hmm. um, I, I come from um, Prince George's County, which is honestly majority of uh, African-American County. Um, so we learned, I believe black history in a different way than I'm sure a lot of other young African-American kids. Um, so I learned about Earth the Kit in the, in, in the capacity where it's like, it, she, she wasn't just an actress, you know, she was an activist. I learned about James Baldwin. I learned about Nina Simone, Billie Holiday, Josephine Baker in a capacity where it's like, they weren't just actors and artists because at that time we couldn't just be artists. We couldn't just exist as artists because the world wouldn't allow us to. We barely can now, we always have to justify something. So to move into a space where they use their, their, their art as activism, it made me literally say, and I remember where I was, I was in my classroom, I was sitting on my desk and I was reading something about Dr. Martin Luther King, which is, I feel like all we learn when we learn about black history. Mm -hmm. I was reading about him and I can remember, you know, um, the other things that my teacher taught me about a lot of these powerful black women, Madam CJ Walker. And I said to myself, I want what I do in my life to make such an impact that 20, 40, 60 years later, there's a kid reading about what I was able to do for our world, for our people. Um, and I wanted to do it through my art, through my passion. And so that is what Eartha Kitt was for me. When I looked at Eartha Kitt, she inspired me to know that it is possible to make a difference doing what I love. And so I pray that my legacy in this world, my legacy, even just through Batwoman, is that it inspires someone that feels like they're either voiceless, powerless, underrepresented, whatever it may be, to feel powerful enough, to feel represented enough to now use their work, their art, to make a difference. What about the costume? Um, you know, you find, this isn't spoilers, this is in the commercial, like you find the original Batwoman suit, Kate Kane's Batwoman suit, and then you change it, you make it your own. What, what is the, Tell me what you can tell me about the, the costume. Yeah, because I felt a shift in myself and my ownership of, of the character in, in <clears throat> Ryan's Batwoman. You know, there I, I, I agree. I the first two episodes are the first three two, the first two and a half. Um, you feel like you're walking in someone else's shoes, like red hair, like a red wig, you know, like that doesn't even look good on me, <laughs> my complexion. So you're definitely you feel like it's it's not you, you're not comfortable. This isn't it. And before we actually started shooting, Caroline had already told me that we were going to design a different suit for Ryan, um, but that it would have to kind of develop naturally. So I had started to be fitted for my new suit while filming in the, in the previous suit. So um, it was kind of, it was weird because I was playing in one suit knowing that this other suit was getting made. But once that suit was made, I remember the first time I put it on in the fitting, it just felt like this is it. Like this is this is this is 
this is our Batwoman, this is our new Batwoman, this is this transition and this journey. It's scary, but it's super exciting. And at the end of the day, you know, the suit represents a legacy. It's not that only one person can wear the suit. If you look back in, in old Batman uh, comics and adaptations, that suit was passed on as well when Bruce Wayne went missing. So there's nothing to say that it cannot leave the Wayne family. I think that at the end of the day, it's not about the last name. It's about the character of the person. It's about the, the morality of the person. And Ryan has that, you know, she may not come from wealth or prestige, but she's a person that knows what's right, what's wrong, and will always fight for what's right. Nice. Now you sound like a superhero. Very cool. Um, I was reading that Ryan Wilder is impulsive. How does that play out? When we went through the first few episodes and I would read the script and I would feel that drive, it kind of came natural because I really had um, spent a good amount of time in the world of Ryan's past before we started shooting because we had to go through quarantine. I also had to go through fittings and all these other things. So I had about, I had a, about six to eight weeks to really kind of just sit in the world. So I understood why she had that drive. I understood what it meant for her because you're talking about my mom dies in birth. I get thrown into, okay, let's, let's also look at it like this. And this is, this is honesty, right? In our world, if, uh, if, uh, if um, a white baby's mother were to die in birth, that white baby would probably be quickly adopted. But that's not the same for a lot of other ethnicities, you know? Um, so, and, and babies are adorable. I don't care what race they are. <laughs> like, you can't deny an adorable chubby cute baby. But in reality, there are so many Black children who are thrown into that foster system who don't get adopted because no one's, no one's adopting them. And so she gets thrown into the foster system. And I come from a family of, 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 of foster care because my grandmother's sister, my Amy, was a foster parent. So I have cousins that are all like foster kids that are cousins to me because my, my Amy was a good foster parent. So she kept them around for a while. She was always consistently in their life, even if they had moved on to a different home or had moved on to adulthood. So with that, I've seen how it can be amazing for certain kids. But I know that there's the opposite of foster, foster parents who are in it for the check, who don't care about the kids whatsoever because my Amy would get kids that came from homes like that. So those were the homes that Ryan grew up in. People just not caring about her, people not fighting for her. And she finally meets someone that wants her, that wants to love her, that wants to take care of her like she should have been taking care of her entire life, that wants to be her mother. And they have this strong connection and they're together and, and she's happy. She's completely happy. And then that happens to her. You know what I mean? That's taken from her the way it's taken from her, it's taken from her right in front of her own eyes. And she's a person that her, she, she's learned all these different martial arts so she can protect herself and her mother and people that she cares about and she could do nothing. It's taken right from her and she could do nothing to save her mother. So I understand the drive. So I would read the script and I would innately and naturally attack that way because if, you, if I've set in that world, in that history of, of feeling neglected, of, of my mom being murdered, of her murder going unsolved, that justice never prevails, 
I'm going to have that type of energy and that type of drive every single time I get a chance to avenge her death or or save anyone. And so, yeah, throughout the, especially in the beginning part of the season, that's Ryan. Like, she's head first at everything. And I, I actually love that about her. I love how, how messy that can come across because she has to find a way to, to hone it. She has to find a way to, to focus. But I think that that's what makes her so special because she's very authentic. She's very raw. She's very grounded in her beliefs. And really it's going to take Luke. It's going to take Mary to show her like there's a bigger picture. And sometimes that bigger picture will not involve getting justice for your mother. And so it's really this, that's the journey that she has to go on to be able to forgive or maybe she doesn't. So that's really how the season goes. All right. You have my attention. I'm intrigued. I want to see Matt woman now. One of the other aspects of the show is the Luke Fox character. That's the son of Lucius Fox. And he played a big role with Kate Kane. What about the dynamic between Luke Fox and Ryan Wilder? 100% is going to affect Ryan's system, but you also have to remember she's a very strong and proud woman, and her entire focus right now is to prove that she can be that woman, and so she's not going to admit the fact that she's going through something, and that's really going to be a huge issue because she needs help, and she she just won't admit it. She doesn't want to admit it because she doesn't want to feel like she's less than. She doesn't. She's been compared to Kate Kane so much that she just wants to show that she's strong and she deserves to be able to, to, to wear this suit and save the world, you know? And you did read comic books or at least know who the superheroes were, right? Um, so, yeah, I was raised... I loved comic book movies and comic book TV shows. I didn't read actual comics a lot. My brother collected them, so I would de definitely dabble in his, but he was like, don't touch my comic books. Um... And my mom wouldn't pay for those for me. So I just, I, I love the movie versions of comic books. I watched all of them. Um, I always say Batman was my favorite, not because I'm playing Batwoman, but because out of all of the superheroes, he didn't have a magic power. And I felt like that was something that I can completely connect to. I was saying earlier how I remember when I was younger, I swore, because I watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I swore when I turned... 13 or 14 I was going to get magic powers like that her life was my life so when it didn't happen it definitely helped me to connect way more with superheroes that didn't have powers right on all right same question uh instead of Luke Fox let's talk about Alice the the, the big bad and Batwoman you know what's interesting about that dynamic is that I people do things and sometimes they don't know how much it can affect other people they blindly do things and I think that for a lot of Alice's life She's just, she's done whatever she wanted to do. And there might've been one specific goal, but she didn't know how that goal impacted other people. And I think this season is going to um, make her face a lot of the things that she has done in her past that, because if you really think about it, think about what Alice has been to the series, right? And she does major things. She like has unleashed a lot of evil on Gotham, but no, the story never follows the person, the homeless person that was in the alley that got affected by something she did. So now she's being met with, with the impact of her actions. Um, so it's definitely going to be a very, um, a very 
interesting relationship between the two. It's definitely going to be a huge part of this season in, in Ryan's journey, in Alice's journey. Um, but I don't know. I'm only halfway through the seasons. So I, I only know what has happened so far and what has happened so far is a lot. Um, but I don't know how it's going to develop. Javicia Leslie, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough and good luck with Batwoman. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for, for doing this. I'm super excited about Sunday. I hope you guys really enjoy the episode. But more than anything, just like go back to being a kid and just get into your imagination and have Right on. Javicia Leslie, ladies and gentlemen. That was fun. And it was cool to be able to hear from her before we see the show. I'm skeptical of Batwoman season two, but I'm a completist. I've watched the Arrowverse. I'm going to see every episode, and I suggest you do too. It is Sunday night on the CW. Uh, it's the first new show post-pandemic, or we're not out of the pandemic, but post the shutdown. Uh, this is the first one, Superman and Lois, The Flash, Black Lightning. They're all coming back soon. And uh, this is going to be one of them. Batwoman season two. I see it on an app, so I see it on Monday. But I get up Monday morning, and I'm going to watch it really, really early. Uh, thanks for listening to the Hall of Justice. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, we continue with more Bat News next week, right here on the Hall of Justice. See you then. Believe it or not, I'm walking on it.